All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer is Alex Allard. High above Rogers Arena, this is the Canucks Conversation. Do we still call it the Canucks Conversation podcast? Or I like Canucks Conversation Live. More, I think that's a good name. More people listen to the podcast than they do watch the YouTube, mm-hmm. which is good because my green screen, I don't know what's going on back there again. I got a green screen problem, this whole thing. I tell you what, you and all the bosses there at Nation Network, I have... I haven't talked to them yet, but you I just, have. You just slagging them on got, the show. Yeah, I've been slagging them on the show, but I have got a booklet, 75-page <laughs> booklet full of things that I have to bring up with them because there, Alex has got my – see, at least Al, me and Alex were on the same team here. You guys and your higher-ups here were about, you know, 
I'm not going to throw the union word around, but I have in the <laughs> past, okay? We want fair work and, and fair pay. <laughs> Better working conditions is what we need. Uh, yeah. So. I will be having, yep, yeah, you see. You okay. know I got my connections, the PPWC, <laughs> the good folks over there. Public and private workers of Canada Union. Okay. We'll see what they're up to this okay. weekend. I'll have a, we'll have a talk with them. Uh, Harmon Dial, speaking of people we're going to have a talk to. Harmon oh, Dial is going to... Harm, let me tell you this right off the top. Well, well hang on a sec. Oh, Harmon's okay. going to join the show, and before we get to your little pickleball story, we mm-hmm. should mention that all of our guests are brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will give you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms as Chris holds up a Raichu. Oh, it's is it Raichu it? or do you pronounce, like, do you, is there another syllable in there? It's Raichu. Raichu? Raichu. 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 Okay. So like Haichu, but with rye. Yeah. Rye bread. Yep. Okay. Uh, rye Beautiful bread flavored Haichu. Gorgeous card. Yeah, just saying. Good card. Great card. Uh, great card, great card, great card. Check them out at uh, Zephyr Epic. It's good could be our good new... folks over there at Zephyr Epic. I, you know, I with the show and with every... I need the Canucks to go on the road again so I don't have to get a morning skate because then I can get out there to my, to our friends over at Zephyr Epic down in the uh, South Surrey area. Or Central Surrey. Central to South Surrey area. They got the shop down there. I'm going to get back there and, uh, and we'll have some packs and we'll start to do some... Uh, we'll open up some cards here as we talk about our guests uh, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, Harm's going to join us here in uh, know, about 10, 15 minutes. 10, back. 15 minutes. You went on a little pickleball adventure oh, with Harm. buddy. Me and, and, and Harm. Harmon told us about this new hobby of his, playing yeah. pickleball on the show. Jason Bruffs talked about it on Halford and Bruff in the morning. See, here we go. The damn green screen. Well, you, you've got a green racket. Of course that's going to happen. Put that on the, hold on. Let me write this down on the damn list here. So Harmon talked about his new hobby of playing pickleball, and he's talked about it with us before, and he you went and did it with him yesterday. I was in Nanaimo. I might talk about it soon on the show, why I was there, but I don't want to put the chicken before the egg. Or no, that's not the saying. What's the saying? The dog before the bowl. That's not it either. The horse before the carriage, I believe, is what it is. Or the cart. No, the, you would put the horse before the cart. The cart before the horse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. What a story. Okay, here's, let me, uh, Harm, we'll, we'll talk about this more when we get in there. Harm and I walked in there, right? First, the pickleball, you just rotate around. I had a blast doing it, and I'm sore today. I'm feeling it in my uh, in my glutes. Uh, what's this part here? The quads? The quads. Yeah, feeling it in the quads uh, and my glutes because you just, you're, it's a lot of work. And, and Harm and I, we play one game. We're like, okay, we get it. We get it. Let's let's play against uh, Ann and Pam, uh, like a pair of ladies in their 50s, probably, probably in their 50s. You can see her right there. There's there's Pam in the back in the blue uh, of the video. She So we played against them, and we were humbled. We were extremely humbled in that game. We lost 11-2 to uh, to Pam and Ann. And then we, they split Harm and I up because we were like, you know, we we're, we're fine. We were okay players, but everyone was just dusting us. So uh, we got split up pretty quickly uh, in that game. And then, then we had a lot of fun. Then we were, you know, rotating around. I had a blast. I had a really good time. The, the community was awesome. Everyone was really nice. They were very helpful with us as our first night, learning all the rules and everything. And, yeah, just an overall good experience. We'll talk more about it with Harm when he gets on here on the show. It seems like a fun sport. It seems like something that's, you know. Yeah, but of... I've, I've I got to tone it down. I can't be telling everyone about it. That's what everyone happens when they play pickleball. They get all excited about it and they get obsessed and talk about it all the time. So I'm trying not to do that, but we'll talk about it with Harm a little bit later on. How was, aside from that, how was your weekend? Fantastic. Yeah. I, uh, as you worked your favors or your quads, I worked my favors. What's that? I just, I just, you went to Nanaimo. Yeah, I went to Nanaimo. I was trying to make a joke. It didn't really land because I screwed it up. But no, I mean, yeah. Went to Nanaimo. And you know what? You, I got to tell you, you were, you, like un- you were underselling Nanaimo a little no, bit. No, I wasn't underselling it. You, you I did. never underselled Nanaimo. I said, hey, is there anything to check out in Nanaimo? Mm-hmm. And you said, the ferry terminal, basically. You said, no, go home. No, yeah, no, no. You told me to turn around. No, that's what I said when you go through Duncan. The best part about Duncan is getting on the other side. <laughs> It's Nanaimo's beautiful. You got a bunch of great spots. Well, to you, hang out well, I asked you well, what no, you to asked do, me, and you said like, calamari. Yeah, blueberry calamari at Longwood. Shout out to them. But you asked like, what's a good coffee shop to go to? And Nanaimo's changing so much, and even since I left there, mm-hmm. so I don't know what the new coffee shops are. I remember Drip was a good one, but it's not like there's a famous coffee shop you got. Well, go we to. went to Woodgrove Mall. That's where. Well, yep. Back in the day, you should have went to the A and W there. Support them. That's where I used to manage that A and W. Well, it was a lot of fun. Like, good. that mall was pretty great. It was a good mall. It's a solid mall. It solid was. island mall, yep. Yeah, it was super fun. Went to the mall. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say what we were there for yet, but I might at a future day. I don't mm-hmm. want to put the cow before the horse, right? Yeah. yeah. Or the chicken. Or the uh, chicken. Let's get into the Canucks. 
building on a win streak we got out here on the first thing on the bottom there. Because, yeah, they got a two-game win streak. Looking for three games tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll, we'll have some questions about what a three-game win streak looks like a little bit later on in the show. But uh, Vegas is coming into town after the Canucks had Saturday and Sunday off. Vegas obviously just played against the Edmonton Oilers. If you watched Hockey Night in Canada, you saw that game. I know I spent a decent amount of time watching that one uh, and watching Connor McDavid almost score the goal of the year on that little spinorama move that he pulled at the blue line there. Almost scored the goal of the year, but then just scores a beautiful goal in overtime to win it for the Oilers. Uh, but a good pushback from the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, the thing that I was taking away from that game, and this is what I've been talking to players about over the last kind of 24 hours, our last two media availabilities, is this Vegas Golden Knights team, man, they, they make breakouts hard, right? And I think that's what's given the Canucks so much problems against the Vegas Golden Knights since they've come into the league is there. They just seem to be a team that's so good at disrupting breakouts. And let's be honest, the Canucks are not the best team in the league at creating breakouts in their own right with their defense core and their forward group that they've had shown so far this season. So I think that is a little bit of a worry for me going into tonight's game. Not a little bit. It's a a big worry. That's the biggest worry I have for the Canucks is how can they break out the puck against this very aggressive Vegas Golden Knights team? Um, and the Golden Knights, I think it's three of their last four. They're taking L's, so like they're they're going to want to look here to to get back on track and beat the Canucks, who obviously haven't had a good start to this season. But on the other end of the spectrum, there of the wins and loss spectrum, uh, the Canucks they're coming off of two straight wins. They've had a weekend off to kind of reset, relax. I think let that confidence maybe kind of sink in a little bit more to Thatcher Demko, who's going to be in net tonight. Uh, and yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a nice little exciting game. Seven thirty puck drop, so a little bit later. Uh, but we can get to some of the lineup changes here, too, because I know you want to get on on this squad. Um, Riley Stillman, he is still the man beside Tyler Myers on that third pairing. Uh, Jack Rathbone, Kyle Burrows, they were out on the ice skating late. Niels Huglander as well. Uh, so it looks like Vasily Pod Colson is going to draw back in. That's exactly what Bruce Boudreaux told us. Thoughts on the lineup, quads? What do you got? I mean, you like to see Vasily Pod Colson get back in. Yeah, not no wearing, either. Not wearing the full face shield, which he said that he hated and wanted to get off as soon as he could. Um, so good for Pod Colson that he's recovering a bit and he's able to take that off. When you look at this lineup, I don't really think there's too much to kind of point to and say, oh, this is a problem. But you almost wish that they could find a way to get Niels Huglander in, right? Like, I understand mm-hmm. Niels Amon hasn't played himself out of the fourth line center role. Like, I understand he hasn't done that. I understand Sheldon Dries looks like he's gotten a lot of chances, but was Pod Colson, or excuse me. Uh, I think the, also, the, just quickly, Sheldon Dries, I think he's been on the ice for the last five, five on five goals against. Yeah, like, so he's he's looked like the king of looking like he's about to get a good scoring chance, but not being able to finish it. And I understand you have to be good to get in those positions to make scoring chances. I'm not even trying to slag on Sheldon Dries. There's no point doing that. But what I'm trying to say is it almost goes back to the same philosophy I had and that I was talking about a lot when Jack Rathbone was on the outside looking in was that like Nils Huglander has a future with this organization. Mm. Sheldon Dries, not so much like, like he does have a future with the organization. What I mean by that is that Nils Huglander is going to grow as a player. And if the Canucks do everything right, he's going to grow into a really good middle six player. Sheldon Dries, I think the Canucks, if they do everything right, I think the most Sheldon Dries could become is basically what he is right now. Right, kind of that guy who you can call up in a pinch, can play on your in your bottom six as a center, but he's not someone that you have, you know, this long term vested interest in that you do with Huglander, right? Where you're like, okay, well, we got to get this guy in the lineup. I think at this point in time, and I understand the Canucks won their past two games. You find you have to find a way to get Nils Huglander in the lineup. I think that's my only gripe, and obviously, I'm not yeah. even going to start with Stillman. We've said it before. I don't want every episode of this show just to be. Hey, folks, the Canucks are near the bottom of the league and they're making weird lineup decisions. I don't want that to be every episode of the show. We've talked about Burroughs and Stillman enough. It's the same thing. Bruce Boudreaux talked about how, uh, you know, Burroughs is a seventh defenseman and he knows that. And Burroughs talking about it was like, yeah, I'm a seventh defenseman and I like to, you know, play better than that when I'm in the lineup. And that's the thing is he has played better than that. Yeah, and he, he should be in this lineup. That's what it really comes down to is that Kyle Burroughs should be in this lineup. We know it. A lot of people seem to know it. But you know what? Like, Bruce clearly likes the lefty-righty thing, Mm. right? And again, I I don't agree with it. I don't think it matters, especially when you're choosing over Burroughs or Stillman. I really don't think it matters. But like Stillman's this team's only lefty that they're going to be putting in the lineup. And Rathbone, that's a conversation for another day. Um, This guy's got to start playing games. If it's not in the NHL, it's got to be in the AHL. Yeah, I, I agree with you at that point. I just Maybe you can pull up the quotes here, Alex, of Kyle Burroughs talking about him in his role. Uh, as we're just a few minutes away from harm um, as well, joining us here in just a minute. I'm sure we'll get his thoughts on this. Um, 
So I asked Kyle Burroughs. Let's get to the quotes here. I asked him if he's meeting the expectations of the coach up to this point. And I, I found this was very interesting. This whole section of quotes, I, want, I just want to read through them because this was like, this was my big takeaway from Saturday's media availability. Uh, what Burroughs said was those expectations that he has for me, I think I hold myself maybe a little bit more. Uh, maybe two a little bit more, I should say. Uh, and he says, when I do come into play, I want to play well. I want to be something that can add to this team. If I'm just being simple, playing hard to play against, uh, being a prick, playing against other teams' top lines, or anybody up and down the score sheet. Like, you know, he just wants to be able to contribute to this team, right? Like, that's the big thing that Kyle Burroughs wants to do. And it is, it's been tough to see that he's not been in the lineup. And maybe you can pull up the uh, the quote from Boudreaux now, Alex. Uh, Boudreaux talking about Kyle Burroughs as well, because... I found that this quote was, I think, more interesting. This is what Boudreaux said about Burroughs. He said, he knows what his role is. He's a seventh D. He works hard. He practices hard. And when he gets in, he's got to always be ready. That's his role, and he knows it. I think that role and the combination of the quote that Kyle Burroughs started his with was like, listen, he's been all you could ask for from a seventh defenseman and more. And, and I key in on more because I do think that he has more to give than be a seventh defenseman, especially on what this Canucks team is looking like. Like when I, when I, I there was a question in the mailbag today um, and somebody asked like, which defenseman from this roster should be around for the future of the Vancouver Canucks. And I thought Kyle Burroughs actually is one of them. Like this is a local guy who I like that, who loves this team wants to just do whatever it takes to win is it clearly is like, content in his role right now with the Vancouver Canucks as a seventh defenseman because he just values the chance to play every day in the NHL and not even play just be around an NHL team he just values the, the the chance to be an NHLer and I think being the local guy he cares about this team and we've talked about this in the past of like if you just want guys that are good in the room and, and can help you move forward whether it be through a rebuild or whether it be through tough times Kyle Burrows to me is like a, a slam dunk player to be in that spot and I also look at Luke Shen has another option for that, but Luke Shen's getting older, and I do think he's going to have some value on the trade market this year, more value than, than Kyle Burroughs will for sure. So I, I I thought that, you know, Kyle Burroughs has like a long-term, whether in long-term I'm talking like next two to three, four years, as a seventh defenseman on your team, if you can get him at very cheap, absolutely I think he's one of the guys that you could long-term be happy with moving forward on this team. I mean, he's kind of like what you think you would want in Luke Shen, right? And I mean... It's a similar philosophy when people talk about, you know, the thought of keeping Luke Shen, right? And it doesn't look like it's going to be possible, but he's a culture carrier, right? Like Kyle Burroughs is also a culture carrier. And here's a thought on that is like, think about how many glue guys this team has, right? Like, I, I don't know, man. I'm around the rink all the time now talking to people, talking to the coaches, talking to people in the organization, talking to all the other media members, and it just... Something feels off. There's just something stinky about it, man. Like, just, I don't know. From, from how the players are put into situations to deal with the media, how players are in the room with each other, how things at practice go down. Like, it's just, there's not, it's not a great feeling, I feel like. And I don't think it's just the losing. I think it's something about the room right now. Like, it is something off, man. It's it's weird to kind of, like, it's not like there's one thing you can point to. It's literally just, like, a feeling that you're kind of getting from this team. And, and I, maybe it looks a little different when people are at their rink and just going to the games, but I don't know. There's something there's something I don't like. There's something a little stinky about about what's going on with this team. And I do think that, that for that reason, like you look and they're like, oh, they're three points out of a playoff spot. It's like, yeah, but I, I don't think this is the the group to do it, man. Like I, I, I'm still in the camp of things need to be moved around here for this team to actually take any significant steps forward here. Yeah, and I think when you go through a retool, a rebuild, whatever, you're mm. looking for those guys that can stick through it, right? The the guys that you want to kind of be sure. there. And that's the thing is you don't want to pay a premium for this leadership to get you through a rebuild. Cough, cough, JB. A couple glue guys would really help, right? And l- Yeah, listen, but you don't need to pay a premium for No, them. and that's what I'm saying. With Curtis Lazar at $1 million exactly. next three years, perfect glue guy. He's now like the go-to guy in the media right now because he gives great quotes and he's always in a positive mindset. Glue guy around the room. I really think Dakota Joshua, just from seeing like his interactions with players in the locker room, I think he's also yeah. another example of a glue guy. Uh, and I think Burroughs is another one as well. It's just, you know, how many glue guys does it take? And I, I look back and I'm like, hey, you know who had a lot of glue guys when they were winning a lot of games was the Pittsburgh Penguins under Jim Rutherford. That room, you could just you heard stories about it. I remember talking, I was talking to Rand Deep about this, who who knew a lot of players on that Pittsburgh team, uh, and actually was in the the Stanley Cup parade as people have heard on this podcast in the past. So like he was saying, like how many glue guys that that Pittsburgh team had 
was incredible. And I, I, I wonder if the Canucks need that moving forward here as their next kind of step. Let's, uh, let's get to another glue guy on this podcast. Normally starts to keep in between us here, keep us back on the rails. Harmon Dial is going to join us here. Um, and speaking of stepping up, we talked about that with some of these guys. Harm, getting you on the show here. We were stepping up last night. I don't know how you were in the pickleball, <laughs> but I kept rolling into the kitchen a couple times too many uh, in the pickleball here. Do we got Harmon, Alex? We're still waiting on Harmon? We shouldn't be. Alex told us Harmon's set. Oh, geez. Harmon, he's in bed <laughs> So, a little, little story while we wait for Harmon. Okay. So, one time, Alex's power went out. It was the first show. Oh, that's right. Was it not? It was the mm. first live show we ever did. Uh, Alex's power nice. went out. Harmon's here, but I'm going to continue telling the story. And we were just frozen on Faber's screen for a good minute and a half. And mm-hmm. I started talking. It was just frozen on you reacting. And then Alex came back in the nick of time, saved the day, uh, like he did this time as well. Harmon Dial from The Athletic joins us. Harmon, how are you doing today? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Doing great, guys. How are you? Legs keep it up there, Faber. Oh, man. I am sore today, I tell you that. It was the back. It's all the, the crouching and the back and forth and getting it, getting in and out of the kitchen as some of the, the pickleball termage that we, uh, verbiage that we <laughs> learned yesterday. I had a good time. We got the video up here right now, Harm. You looking good. How did you feel from uh, start to finish there on the old pickleball courts? Well, it's funny because on the car ride there, I was warning you that uh, from my experience picking on badminton in the summer, you think that going into these uh, drop-in uh, community center games that were some of the youngest guys there and and you think you're going to be athletic and pick it up right away especially because we've both played sports uh, in the past and we pick things up pretty easy and then you quickly just realize that oh no it's not really about athleticism at all it's about pattern recognition and all these things and I remember in the community center with badminton getting dusted really early so Despite that, in pickleball, it's it's funny because in the second game, we, we felt confident enough to play <laughs> with each other and then got dusted 11-2 by oh. those uh, older women in their 50s. Uh, but no, by the end of it, I felt a lot more comfortable. It, um, again, just felt like something that you need to you need anticipation for and you can't just um, rely on your raw athleticism. So Before we get to the Canucks here, I also <laughs> thought it was funny on the drive back when I was driving harm home. Um, Harm, you're bringing up like the analytics behind serving first and serving second in the game on the way in. You're like, yeah, but I think like a 55% chance if you're serving first, you get a couple well, points yeah, ahead. Okay, because listen, <laughs> I-, I was thinking like it's arbitrary in terms of who starts with the serve. And you can only in pickleball, it's not like badminton where you can pick up points when you're receiving. You can only get points when you're serving. So Faber, Faber gives up. We had the ball. He gave up the serve. To the other ladies, I'm like, Faber, dude, what are you doing? And they and they racked up like five, four or five points. It was four or five nothing before we even got the serve back. Oh, I was man. like, that right there, like, duked our chances. That's a rookie mistake. And Harmon and I haven't talked about this. I, I mean, I don't even think I told you. Harmon and I had a pretty good table tennis match in uh, Edmonton. 
It was. Oh really, yeah, we did. It was a really good game. We we played like five games. I think I it was best of three. And I'll tell you what, I Toronto Maple Leafs did. I had a two-game oh. lead on Harmon out of nowhere. And I, I didn't even know I could play ping-pong, to be honest with you. But it was fun. We had a lot of fun. And then I had a two-game lead. Uh, and then we stopped having fun because Harmon came back. And uh, his favorite holds up his pickleball racket. Uh, Harmon came back. <laughs> you know, I, I like I said, I leafed it. So you know what happened next. Harmon came back. Won three straight games. I'd never seen anything like it. Unbelievable. First round exit. <laughs> Tough. All right, let's get to uh, the Vancouver Canucks a little bit, Harm. We'll, we'll get started with some of the lineup decisions today. I, You know, we've talked about it a lot. I don't think we – we probably even talked about it last time you were on with us. But uh, it looks like Riley Stillman's going to stay back in the lineup uh, with Tyler Myers again today. Uh, also, Vasily Podkolzin heading in instead of Niels Huglander. Uh, where do you take as the biggest takeaway here from what we're going to see in the lineup tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights? And, and what one change would you make if you could make one? Yeah, I mean, I think the one change that we'd all be in, in agreement on that we've mentioned in the past is the decision to have Stillman in the lineup, period. I mean, even in what was it, the the last game where um, he, he tried to set, he, it was sort of at the end of the period and he tried to clear the puck right up the middle and it led to a scoring chance uh, against, um, I think it was the, that Kings game, actually. Yeah. And it was just like in that moment, I think it said a lot about, I mean, not that one play is is going to be illustrative of a player's entire toolkit. But I think it was a reminder that that Stillman just can't make plays with the puck. He doesn't have, and it's not just being able to handle it and having the stick handling ability, but the decision-making and the game awareness where you have the puck behind the net. There's like two seconds left. Just rim it around the boards in that instance, right? You you have to have, if you're a defensive defenseman, physical sort of guy, you got to have at least one of the two in terms of puck handling or smart decision-making. You can't have both. Otherwise, you just can't be trusted. And that's where Stillman, even without the puck, you see sometimes with his defensive reads, especially below the hash marks, that he's out of position sometimes. I think back to, for example, even the Minnesota game where, ironically, he and Burroughs were playing on a pair together. And um, he kind of went, Burroughs was kind of already in the corner. And he also went went in there and, and they left the net front guy wide open. So, um it feels like Boudreaux just has Burroughs in his mind kind of pigeonholed as a number seven guy for whatever reason, despite how well he's played. So that's, I think, one change in terms of the forward group. And I think this has a, a bigger long-term impact is I think it's going to be fascinating is fascinating to see how the Canucks manage Pod Colson and Hoaglander for the rest of the season. Because I think to this point, it's kind of been, at least lately with both of them, both of them kind of struggling to hit the score sheet. You can see that they're kind of rotating in and out of the press box. I think in Pod Colson's case, he's played really well. And it's a case of, yeah, in the last few games, he maybe hasn't had his confidence, but I think he's been due for better luck. With Hoaglander, it's in- interesting, though, because I think he's almost at a point now where I've been wondering if he's just going to be in and out of the press box and playing in the bottom six and kind of pigeonholed into playing this energy line sort of role, which don't get me wrong, he showed a lot of positive things in that capacity. I wonder if at what, what point you start considering sending him down to Abbotsford and putting him in a position where he can play top minutes, grow his game offensively, because again, I, I like a lot of his work on the forecheck. I like um, how he's using his speed to make little plays, win little battles, make uh, make plays on the defensive half wall to lead clean exits up the ice. But I'm not seeing the same dynamic offensive traits, and I'm not sure if that's necessarily because he's playing with all playing with less talented line mates. Maybe even though he's still been uh, been on that line with Brock Besser, I don't know if it's a confidence thing. If he feels that he's now in a role where he's worried about if if I make a mistake, I'm going to be back in the press box. I don't know what it is, but it feels like he's lost a little bit of his offensive spark. And moving forward, I know he has legit middle six potential, so. I want him back in that offensive mindset, and I wonder at what point could he be could he be potentially better served uh, down in Abbotsford. Another guy that we haven't necessarily talked about. It feels like lately he just hasn't been talked about a lot. Is Jack Rathbone? Like he had that rough game, and he came out, and nobody really said anything about it after that. Rathbone's sitting in the press box right now. Like, what do you make of that? And what should the Canucks do with this guy? It's tough because he simply doesn't look NHL ready. To be honest, whenever he's factored into the lineup, for starters, it he is context is important where he was kind of thrown into a tough scenario when he first got into the lineup where he hadn't played for a really long time and all of a sudden he was airdropped in for the home opener. 
uh, at a time where the Canucks still hadn't won a win, uh, still hadn't gotten a win, and, and the crowd was obviously uh, really antsy and, and on edge. And being deployed into that role, especially that um, that deep into the season where you know that the coach doesn't have a lot of faith in you, I can imagine that it's not an ideal headspace to be in as a player, especially when you haven't, again, played since preseason. So I, I can understand why he struggled initially, but even when he drew back in, he's had issues managing the puck. His passes have been off the mark. Um, this is a guy who needs to be able to transition well and be solid on defensive zone exits to make a legit to make a legit NHL impact. And we just haven't seen it so far. It just feels like he, he's not able to find the his forwards is um sticks on a consistent enough basis when he is trying to make plays and when you don't have that and you compound that with some of the mistakes that he's made defensively for example in the game against um i think was it ottawa or montreal where i think it was montreal maybe where um yeah i think it was montreal where he fumbled the puck at the offensive blue line and yeah um the habs counterattacked and scored those plays sort of add up and i can't say that he's deserved an opportunity to be in the nhl lineup but in having said that, he hasn't played for a long time either. And considering that, considering the fact that he is on a one-way contract, so he's going to make the same amount of money whether he's in the NHL or the AHL, I would really consider sending him down to Abbotsford at some point and, le- and at least getting him some minutes, allow him to build his confidence back up. Because if he was on a two-way contract, I think you'd look at that situation and say, you're going to piss the guy off by you know him having to take such a significant pay cut by going down. But... It's not a one-way deal. He's not going to be making any less money. So at some point, you just got to give him game reps, especially because ever since signing, he's barely played professional games, period, whether it's been um, the 2021 campaign where we had taxi squads and the AHL season was uh, delayed. Even last season when he came to, I think, getting COVID, injuries, um, starting last season in Vancouver as a similar sort of situation as last season. He just hasn't played a lot. And he hasn't gotten a lot of game reps in. So, I mean, I'm at the point now where I don't have a ton of uh, faith, truthfully, in in terms of his potential NHL upside. But um, all you can do, I think, at this point is you've got to let him play as opposed to just rot, at least in the American League, as opposed to just kind of sitting and doing nothing in in the press box. Absolutely. I think to get back to the lineup a little bit, uh, I wanted to ask, like, so you look at the fourth line. I think a lot of people have liked the fourth line, and I'm talking about Dakota Joshua uh, playing alongside Neil Zaman and Curtis Lazar. I think that trio has looked good. They were also together at training camp. It's been a line that Bruce Boudreaux likes to go with. But because of that being your fourth line, we are seeing Sheldon Drys play a third-line center role right now with some more talented players, like whether it be a Niels Huglander for Silly Pod Coles and seems like Brock Besser is the one who's sticking there. Would you make adjustments to that fourth line to maybe give a little bit more firepower? Like, is Curtis Lazar moving up to play 3C an idea? Is Dakota Joshua, you know, like he's played some center. He's been pretty good at being a playmaker, I think, in his fourth line role. Is there something you might want to mix up there with Sheldon Drys, or is he your best bet right now at 3C? It is something that I've been wondering about. I think I wouldn't mind giving Lazar a couple more games just to really... Um, I know I know he looked great in, uh, in coming back to the lineup uh, last game, but give him a couple more games to get to his feet under him. Then at that point, I, I do think I would consider potentially shifting him up the lineup, especially because when I look at the current mix, even when it comes to the top line, for example, Horvat, Miller and Garland, that line's played well in general, and they've created a lot of zone time. And I think Horvat and Miller work really well as North South players. I just, don't quite see the fit with Connor Garland yet. I know there's been flashes where he's been able to work in that spot, but it feels like there's been a lot of situations where that line will create some 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 type of um, offensive possession, but Garland's maybe fumbling pucks along the walls or behind the net, and he just hasn't been able to make, I think, a consistent impact. I just don't see chemistry with mm. Garland with those two guys yet. Horvat and Miller have been have been good enough to this point that it hasn't mattered. But I even wonder about um, that trio. I mean, you can obviously keep them together just because the team's been winning for now. But and I think that's the argument for keeping things intact for now is I completely understand letting things stay the way they are. But maybe in a couple of games, if you've lost a game here and here or there, I think you've got to rethink. Even if it's that role, I mean, I think about Hoaglander. We just spoke about what do you do with him. As one last shot, I wouldn't mind giving him a run on that top line with Horvat and Miller in that spot. 
just because the one center that Hoaglanders actually had success with in his NHL career is Bo Horvat. That was the trio that worked really well with Horvat Pearson and, and Hoglander in his rookie season. And I just haven't seen Hoglander fit that well with um, any other center to this point. So if there's one last shot you want to make for getting Hoglander back on track before you consider using him in a, in a different spot, I'd consider maybe him in, in the Garland sort of role. And even with, with um, then Garland maybe fig- figuring out um, uh, a spot further further down the lineup a little bit, maybe it reinforces your third line. I just... It feels like we're still one or two moves away, and with Sheldon Dry specifically, he's been he's had his fair share of chances, but that line I think has struggled defensively. So I don't think we've quite found the right top nine fit yet. Uh, but I think we're just going to have to stay stick with the status quo as long as the team's winning. Yep, I think I'm with you on that one. Harm, appreciate you joining us here, and uh, stay out of the kitchen, bud. Appreciate it. Will do. Thanks, boys. There he is, Harmon Dial, joining us there. Little, little pickleball so, joke there. Oh, that's a pickleball joke. Pickleball joke, yeah. Okay, great. I'm glad you did. Our thanks to Harmon uh, for joining us. And again, all of our guests brought to you by Zephyr Epic. Oh, good folks over there at Zephyr Epic. Uh, I tell free you. shipping on any order Canada-wide uh, on any order over $50. They got you covered for all your trading card needs. From, you don't have it ready, do you? No, you got I don't, two cities? Uh, I knew you did. Not two cities. Two it's cities okay. later in the week. It's a treat when we get two cities. It's not every show like it used to be. Yeah, but be sure to go check out Zephyr Epic at the retail location in Surrey and online at Zephyr. And you Epic. run into that. Com. You go in there and you say, hockey season, hockey season, hockey season. They'll give you five bucks well, off maybe, your order. Maybe when you're making your purchase, say, hey, I listen to this podcast. No, kick in the door at Zephyr Epic. <laughs> they got a strong door there. I've seen it's a metal door. Uh, you can kick in the door just, there and tell stop. them hockey season. Canucks Convo is not liable for these uh, comments from Chris Faber. You can don't kick the door too hard. <laughs> don't kick it too hard. But use if you use your foot sideways. Okay, okay, okay. Enough. Push enough. it on the right. I, to, I wanted to talk about something. No, I got a whole segment here that uh, questions for you. Questions. Okay. So this so is a fun. You go ahead. No, go you ahead. no. If you got something, well, no, you got with, something to say. Go ahead. Well, so do you. Apparently, of course I do. I always got something to say. Okay, quickly you go, then I'll get to my thing here. Well, I just want to talk about that Huglander uh, with Horvat thing. Okay, it kind of goes back to this problem that we've seen, and it's a problem that the Canucks have. Not a ton of other rebuilding teams seem to have, but you have these players who have this upside, like this middle six upside, and you don't really give them a chance to find out what they are. Because you're trying to be competitive, and yeah, right now, Connor Garland is a better winger than Niels Huglander. But, and this isn't just a hindsight thing. If you weren't trying so hard to compete, you never make the trade for OEL Garland. You keep your first-round pick. You keep this prospect. You keep all the assets that you gave up Mm. to acquire OEL's contract and Connor Garland being the sweetener there. Because right now, Connor Garland's blocking a spot for Nils Huglander yeah, in the NHL lineup. This team lineup. didn't build themselves up to be a rebuilding team. And that's the thing. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's just another instance of you looking back at it and saying, damn, okay, like, it's kind of a misstep to have Connor Garland in this lineup. And again, like, when people say things like, no, don't trade Garland, I like him, or don't trade this guy, I like him, that's great. But when this team's ready to compete, Connor Garland's probably not going to be a big part of the picture. Mm-hmm. Especially and with you're wingers hoping, coming up. Like if you have any prospects coming, they are wingers. And they're probably pretty similar to the way, Garland. The way I almost look at it is if Connor Garland came up in the Canuck system, he probably never becomes Connor Garland. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he probably gets blocked by another Connor Garland. Or Tanner, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not trying to name names. I'm just saying in the sense of you know, a young Connor Garland comes up in the Canuck system. But he can't get NHL minutes because this fourth liner and this guy is ahead of him uh, on the depth chart, and he hasn't had a chance for himself. In Arizona, the guy got a lot of chances. And, he, you know, again, I'm not saying the Canucks need to become Arizona. Nobody wants to see that. But you do want a guy like Niels Huglander to get time in. And, again, yeah, that's- Harmon pointed at the top line, and you see Connor Garland's name there, and you just look at it like, what are we doing here? Like, right. y- this is this is why people keep saying, okay, you got to blow it up. Like, you got to do something. You're not competing with this team. That's just the way it is. That's a really interesting way of looking at a rebuilding team that probably doesn't get talked about a lot. Is a part of a rebuilding team is giving those Huglander top six minutes, yeah. is making sure Vasily Pod Colson's in the lineup every night, and to you a know. lesser extent, playing Jack Rathbone. Yeah, or that that is like that's probably a part of rebuilding that never gets talked about is the development of actually getting your young players into NHL minutes, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a massive thing, I think. And listen, I don't think the Arizona Coyotes are doing that. It seems like they have to fill their roster full of players that, yeah, you know, need to just kind of hit the the salary cap floor. But if you think of like, uh, 
think of the LA Kings, right? Like the LA Kings over the past couple seasons, they've played a lot of young players and they've also given a lot of young players very good opportunity in the AHL too, right? Like players that they've had in their system, they've had a super young, super exciting AHL team. Like the, the Ontario Reign, Ontario, California, as you learned, uh, the Ontario Reign have been an exciting team to watch in the AHL. And now you see what they're doing now. It's like they're, they were like last year, I'd say they were relying on their young guys to just play. Now it's like there's a little bit more of an expectation from them, but they're now relying on guys like Kevin Fiala is why they went out and traded for a player like him. They're still relying on Anse Kopitar, but it felt like last year they put something on these young guys to do something last year, right? And, and to get that opportunity. Now it's like, okay, they expect a little more. With Niels Huglander, it's like from what he's done this season and how he's been used, do you expect more this season than you did last year from Niels Huglander? I don't think so. I don't think with the way he's being used, It'd no. Be, that's an interesting part of development here is like make there be a little bit of a higher expectation every year for these young guys as they develop. And if you you know start them low, like think about how Huglander came in, right? Top six guy right off the bat playing with Horvath Pearson. But, like, but sorry. You want to build yeah. expectations up. You don't want to just throw them in there and then just – let them drop off. Like, I think that's a big part of development that hurts prospects is dropping the expectations. And that's what's happened. And that's the thing is the whole reason that Huglander was playing right from training camp in the top six was because the Canucks didn't have guys ahead of them that were better. Vertanen, Erickson. And that's that's the thing. There was a bit of outrage that Jake Vertanen wasn't getting this shot. Travis Green knew the whole time, you know, Jake Vertanen's now what? Second tier Swiss League yep. off his own abilities. Like he couldn't crack the Edmonton Oilers on a PTO. We're not talking about Jake Fortanen right now. That I don't want to get too off topic, but my point is is when Huglander played those minutes, it was a perfect example of what I'm talking about being put into practice where don't go out and go get these Connor Garlands and get these players that are going to play ahead of your young players and limit their opportunities because we're seeing it right now. Yeah. I don't un- like unless the drop. you're unless you're super competitive, then I understand it. If the Canucks were actually as good as they thought they would be, then sure, maybe the Garland trade makes a little bit of sense. But they aren't, and they weren't. And that's where we are now. And again, I don't even want to get into it. Tough spot. Okay, let's go. I got this thing. I wrote this out here for us here. Um, What do you do with is what it's called. So, Quads, I'll I'll ask you the question. I'll hear your answer, and then I'll respond to your answer and tell you if I think you're correct or incorrect. What do you do with Jack Rathbone? who has only played six of the 18 games this season. Quads, what do you do with Jack Rathbone? <laughs> in a perfect world? Yeah. Well, what? No, I'm saying, like, you're in control. What do you do with Jack Rathbone? Find a way to get rid of Oliver Ekman Larson. Find a way to get rid of Tyler Myers. And play Stillman, Burroughs, and Rathbone all together. Who cares? Like Bear And Bear, yep. And Bear. Well, Bear, you know, speaking of guys that I think are going to stick with this team. Yeah, I wrote about that today, too. You did. Ethan Bear. Like, I think Ethan Bear's been very impressive. I think as a third-pairing puck mover... Absolutely, I've really Absolutely liked fine on your so team. Far. But so Jack Rathbone, you move everyone else. Yeah, get the guy okay. minutes. And, and you know what? In, in all seriousness, Good luck moving OEL. yeah, exactly. In all seriousness, I understand it's hard to move OEL. It's hard to move Myers. Also, we should try and get something in on the Zaitsev Myers thing that got reported because there's a couple things. Nah, on there's that. nothing there. Well, I want to get to something on that, but okay, uh, before that. What I want to say is, yeah, Rathbone to the AHL is what I would actually right. do. People because that's chat, the more us, feasible thing to do. Give us your thoughts. Uh, i got a few names to run through here. What would you do with Put him as the number one guy in the AHL. Let him kill penalties. Angle. Let him do everything. Yeah, so Brock Besser is our next one. What do you do with Brock Besser? Should he be back with Miller Horvat? Should he be playing with Pedersen? Or should he stay on a line with Sheldon Dries and one of Vasily Podkoles and Niels Huglander? Quads, what do you do with Brock Besser? Be ready to move him up. Guys, look, Pete, this has gone under the radar. Brock Besser's on a six-game point streak since returning from injury. Mm. Capped off by two goals in his last game. Um, I've been very impressed with Brock Besser. Again, he just needs to get one, it felt like. Yep. Like, he comes into the season saying, I'm going to score 30 goals. This is the year I score 30. Gets the hand injury. I don't know if he rushed back. He was just back sooner than the timeline that was originally given. Like, he was at, back at the earliest possible time. Like, he didn't miss opening night. And we thought for sure he would at least miss that. And then a few other games. He didn't miss any games, but he didn't look like himself. He didn't look confident. He really did not look like like himself. And then he comes back from injury. Still doesn't look spectacular, but hands down, he's looked better in his last six than he did in his first six, right? And now he's on this point streak. He's got two goals on the season. And I quickly wanted to get this in because I wrote about it. Okay. The five stats that I think Canucks fans should know. Uh, it's all about streaks. That Canucks was a, Army over there. Yeah, over at Canucks Army. It was a little theme 
uh, that I found in the article. It was these perfect halves. Uh, so the splits, obviously the first six games for Brock Besser, four assists. The final six games are final. The last six games at the time of this recording for Brock Besser is a six-game point streak, um, including those two goals. So, again, he's got seven points in six games. That's pretty solid. And then for Bo Horvat, that's the one I really wrote about that I found really interesting. Well, he's my next guy here. Well, Bo Horvat, yeah, sure. Okay, well, well, give it to me then because sure. I got so, someone. Yeah, and you can go to whichever direction you want with this. Bo Horvat, what do you do with Bo Horvat? He's got 14 goals in 18 games. Should you look in an extension or has he already priced himself out of seeing an extension with the Vancouver Canucks. Bo Horvat, what do you do with him, Quads? I want to ask you something. Okay. In the final 18 games of last season, I don't know if you read my article. Nope. Final 18 of last season, going back to March 9th when his goal-scoring streak started, how many goals do you think Bo Gilney scored to end the season? Final 18. Final 18 games? Yeah. I'll give you a hint. 14 goals. There you go. 14. It? Yep. It's exactly the same mm. as how many he scored in the first 18. So I wrote about this. This heater isn't just coming out of nowhere. 28 like, goals and 36 last game. At what point do you just say, this is who Bo Horvat is? Like mm. he's figured something out and mm. he's scoring a lot of goals. He did it to close out last year for a good month and a half or whatever it was. And now he's out here doing it again this year. It's not just out of nowhere. Like, it's not coming out of nowhere. And again, I don't think Bo is going to finish with the 64 goals that he's on pace to score right now. But his goal scoring rate has been very, very high over over the past, like, 36 games. Like he's played 36 games since March 9th of last year. And he's got 28 goals in that time. Yeah, well over the pace of scoring 40, if he continues yeah. that. And then I'm I think saying. he's breaking 40 this sure. year. And I think that would be... Ooh, man, like he might break what. 20 by the end of the month. Yeah. No, it's true. And I think, uh, yeah, with Bo Horvath, I, I just don't think that an extension, like I, I think oh, it's, well, he's already priced himself out. You ask me, what do you do? You trade him. Like yeah, it sucks, you but you can't, you can, look, You've, there's well, lessons think. to be learned. Cause I've seen this thrown out there of people saying, well, Horvat Horvat just has it. It's like, like, oh, just trade OEL and Miller. You know how hard that's going to well, be? Well, hang Dude, on. That's work to do there. Cause people say stuff like, well, trade Miller and sign Horvat. Learn a little bit from the Miller extension, right? And say, okay, well, we decided to extend this guy after the best season of his career, and we're not sure if he'll ever reach that again. Yeah, Like, based on his play this year, we're not sure if Miller is ever going to reach 99 points again, and he's going to be a defensive liability all the while. Right. Like, no matter what he's doing offensively, and it might not be much toward the end of his career, he's probably going to be a defensive liability. Mm. And that sucks, right? But with Bo Horvat... Paying the high end of what he's doing right now, like if Bo puts in forty, a forty goal scoring center, yep. Do you know how much that's gonna cost you? Yep. Like that's gonna you're in the nines, man. That, that's that's over the nines. You can't look. People don't want to pay an eight by eight for Bo Horvat. I'm in that group. Even with this goal scoring, he's getting at least that on the open market. If he scores forty this year, Chris, like, and that's why that's why you, you he said will be it. the like, number one free agent. He, he would be the number one for Asian. He's going to make some team. Fish. He's going to make some team very happy. And yep. here's the thing: it all comes down to the same philosophy that you see teams use in free agency, where they say, "Okay, well, we're all in right now. If we can get this guy right now, he's going to give us a good, solid four years of being a really good scorer." Mm. Right? And I think that's safe to say with Bohr, about at least four yeah. years if you okay. sign for seven years. What the problem is for the Canucks is that becomes bad money down the line when the Canucks are. Theoretically, you hope in their actual competitive window when they're trying to compete, you have this anchor contract, yeah, and, right? And you already got a couple of those, and that's the thing is that's kind of the problem that you're now finding yourself in with JT Miller. Like, what's JT Miller look like when this team's actually competitive, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's where you just that's it all comes back down to this idea that you just need to sit down, come up with a plan. Everybody needs to be on the plan. You need to make every move in regards to that plan with that plan at front of mind. Okay, I like this. What do you do with? I'm going to keep this for for another day. Let's get to the prospects report and uh, and then Betway when we get out of here. I'm going to fly through this. Okay, I'm literally reading this off my page here. Uh, Danilo Klimovic, he was healthy scratch for the third time this year. He's been healthy scratch three times already this season. Dan Milstein talked to him today. Apparently, that is by the way Klimovic's agent talked to him today. They've got a plan in place for development. Apparently. Um, he couldn't get into details with it with me, but he is in a weekly conversation with the Vancouver Canucks organization, his agent, that is. Uh, so Milstein's talking with the Canucks about the development plan, and he said he felt good about it. So, listen, he's been scratched as many times as he was all last season as an 18-year-old. I don't think that's great, 
but at least there's a plan and there's communication there, so at least he's in the right headspace to move forward. Uh, Connor Lockhart had one goal in two games over the weekend. Aiden McDonough had one goal and one assist in one game against the Boston University, I believe, Terriers, Boston U Terriers. Uh, he's now up to eight goals and 10 assists in 13 NCAA games, 18 points on the season. That's good for sixth in the nation for scoring. Career... Kirill Kudryatsev, there we go. He had another strong point performance on the weekend. Three assists in two games. That's a seventh-round defenseman the Canucks just drafted in the most recent draft. He's got two goals and 13 assists, 15 points in 21 OHL games. Elias Pettersson, defenseman over in Sweden. He played 644 in an SHL game on Saturday. And Philip Johansson scored a goal on Thursday. Boom, added an assist on Saturday and hit up another assist on Sunday. The guy is rolling. He's coming over to North America next year. Patrick Alvin loves him. Right shot defenseman. Boom. Let's get to Betway. Go what ahead. We, what do we got here, Alex? Pull it up here with my, you. Uh, my Betway bets of the day. Uh, I believe I'm uh, a weird one. I don't hit this one normally. Hitting the under on uh, total goals 5.5. I don't hit the under often, but at plus 125, maybe you have a good uh, goaltending performance from both the Knights and the Canucks tonight. Uh, so sort of on this one, betting a little bit on Demko having a good night. Tonight, uh, as well as my second bet, the bigger bet, Canucks to win over 6.5 total goals and Elias Pettersson to score a goal. This is if the Canucks just light it up and have, you know, a good bounce back here on Monday after having a weekend off uh, and riding into a three-game win streak, hopefully for them. So we're getting the over, uh, Canucks to win, and Pettersson, he's got three goals last two games. Lighting up the lamp. That's our Betway bets of the day. Betway, 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 Betway. 19 plus to play. 19 plus to play, Betway. Okay. We'll wrap it up there. Play responsibly. Canucks are in. 7.30 start time tonight, folks. Oh, late one tonight. Yep. yep. Uh, Stanchies will be posted the next morning. Yeah, no chance you're going to I'm waking up, up early for that, but mm-hmm. I'm not uh, staying up too late because I get to get up early anyways. So uh, yeah. Stanchies are going to be posted tomorrow big, by big, 7. we got a big meeting tomorrow. i got a lot to say. i got the whole booklet here. <laughs> the whole booklet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll wrap Lots it up there. Too. For my co-host, Chris Faber, our technical producer, Alex Allard, our thanks to Harmon Dial for joining today's show, brought to you by Zephyr Epic. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much, folks, for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. 7.30 start time. 7.30. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.